If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You just found the world's number one fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. This is Mind Pump, right? In today's episode, we answered some questions that listeners and viewers, just like you, asked us on our Instagram page, Mind Pump Media uh, on Instagram. And uh, before we did that, we got, we did an intro portion. This is where we talk about current events. We bring up scientific studies. Uh, we talk about our sponsors. Today's intro was 51 minutes long. After that, we got to answering those questions. So here's what went down in today's podcast. We opened up by talking about uh, frequency, volume, and intensity. That was a fit tip for today. All of them have an interesting relationship with each other when it comes to your workouts. Then we talked about the new product from Ned called De-Stress. So it's a full-spectrum hemp oil extract, but it's high in CBD and high in CBG, which helps your body relax, calm down. It's good for inflammation. Stands I, for gangster. I noticed some interesting recovery effects from taking it. Uh, so pretty cool stuff. If you want to go check them out, head over to their site, helloned.com. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash mind pump. And then use the code mind pump to get 15% off. Then we talked about a movie that looked good at first, but then actually sucked. It's called Finch. Uh, don't watch it. Yeah, spoiler. Then we talked about some of the cool technology in the most recent 007 movie. Then we talked about rail guns and how cool they are and scary they are. Oh, they're badass. Then we speculated about the metaverse, in particular Disney's metaverse. I talked about an article that talked about the keys to happiness. Uh, hint, it's not money, believe it or not. Hmm. Then we discussed Adam's birthday bonanza. He just turned 40 years old. Uh, even though he looks 50, he's actually only 40. It's pretty cool. Then we talked about the radical shark vehicle. That's what Justin said it's called. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's actually, it looks like a shark, but it's a it's like a, a boat or something, and it goes it's underwater. It's a submersible vehicle. It's really cool. Then we talked about ButcherBox, one of our favorite sponsors. Here's what ButcherBox does, right? They put together a box of high-quality meats. We're talking about grass-fed, grass-finished beef, heritage pork, uh, bacon, that is, uh, has got none of the preservatives and other crap that you find in other bacon, fish. It's in a box. It's delivered right to your door. No middleman. Great price. Very good quality. And uh, because you listen to Mind Pump, you actually get some hookups. So head over to butcherbox.com forward slash mind pump. And on that page, you can get $20 off and free bacon in your first box, which is kind of cool. And then we talked about China real estate. There's a lot of cities in China that are ghost towns. Lots of investment opportunities there. Very interesting. Then we got to the questions. Here's the first one. This person wants to know what we think about only doing the big four for strength and muscle gains. The big four being bench press, deadlift, squat, and overhead press. What if you only did those lifts? What would happen? The next question, this person wants to know what bro science do we continue to do today? Bro science refers to the stuff that bodybuilders were recommending in the past yeah, but bro. didn't really have any scientific support. Is there any value in some of that stuff? The next question, this person wants to know, how do you know when you're training too much for your goals? And the final question, uh, this person wants to know some ways to deal with protein farts. Yes, I said that, protein farts. Also, all month long, we have some sales going on, some of our workout programs. So MAPS Anywhere is the equipment-free workout program, right? So all you need are resistance bands in your body, and you can train your entire body very effectively. So that program is 50% off. We also have something called the Fit Mom Bundle. 
This pro this bundle includes Maps Anywhere, Maps Hit, Maps Anabolic. So that's three separate different workout programs plus an intuitive nutrition guide to help you with your diet. All those things in this bundle are already discounted. You can take an additional 50% off right now. If you're interested, head over to mapsfitnessproducts.com and use the code NOVEMBER50. That's NOVEMBER50 with no space for that discount. T-shirt time! And it's T-shirt time! Oh, shit, Doug. You know it's my favorite time of the week. We have two big winners this week, one for Apple Podcasts, one for Facebook. The Apple Podcast winner is Emmy Sue 12 And for Facebook, we have David James. Both of you are winners. Send the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Include your shirt size and your shipping address, and we'll get that shirt right out to you. All right, so today's fit tip, frequency, volume, and intensity. There's an inverse relationship between all of them. In other words, one goes up, oftentimes one of the others or both of the others has to go down. All right. Thoughts, gentlemen, on that? Is it oftentimes or is it always? You know, I would say probably almost always, right? Unless the total combination is okay if one goes up and the others stay the same. But that's really the case, right? Yeah. I, the only case where I'd say that's not true 100% of the time would be maybe with a beginner and you started them really low and you're kind of increasing everything at the, at same, the same time, time right? Yeah, so that makes sense. I start somebody one day a week, they're only doing two sets per, you know, muscle group and that was we did that for 3 weeks, let's say, and then, you know, I feel like they're progressing well and now I go to two days a week and I basically double everything. Yeah. Increased frequency, increased volume, right? Yep. And maybe even potentially intensity. So yeah, that's, no, that's about a, the only time I could think where that r rule is not 100%. Yeah, so true. in other words, it's like, you know, volume would be like the total amount of work that you're doing, right? Frequency is how often you train or how often you train a body part. And then, of course, intensity is how hard you work out. And if you work out harder, uh, then typically you have to lower your volume or frequency. Or if you add a bunch of sets... Typically, you have to kind of reduce the intensity a little bit. Or if you start working out each body part more often, you know, same thing. I wish I really understood this when I was younger. I yeah. did not fully grasp this as a young, you know, lifter. Well, you really see the science of this with Olympic lifters, right? And I think that's probably the best example out there of like a really thorough studied way to train that has like a specific type of a progression with that. And they always tend to train with a lower intensity, higher frequency, higher volume. And then they express the intensity like solely on its own to, yes. you know, see what that's produced strength wise. I learned a lot from watching Olympic lifters uh, later on. I, I normally didn't even pay attention to them because they weren't bodybuilders or power lifters. And then I said, you know, they're the most studied strength athletes, at least scientific studies. Let me see how they train. And I had no idea that they trained as often as they did, but at sub-maximal intensities. Like mm -hmm. they, all, they would train with far lighter weight than what they could potentially lift, just be, yeah. but they would do it so often. I mean, you also see it with gymnasts too. It's, it's, if you're expressing that much intensity, you can only do that for, for short bursts, you know, to be effective and have that kind of control over your body. I mean, it's, it's just one of those things, even if you go through it and you try to kind of like uh, just blaze your way through the intensity and keep as, as high as you can, you're only going to go so far. Is there a simple and practical way that you guys 
without having to like track this because this could be difficult for i mean i failed at this for many years yeah I, uh, i'd say the way you did the way you've talked about it in the past is one of the better ways i don't think there's a perfect way though right but you know what was yours you did like sets times yeah, sets times reps times weight equals total volume. Total volume. Which so maybe Andrew could put yeah, that. It's a great formula there for yeah, people. Yeah, put that, put that up there. And then where it gets a little weird is where people, like when you talk about compound movements and then somebody going, well, is that, do I add that on the tricep? Is that, yeah. or is shoulders are involved there too? Plus not every exercise is equal. Yeah, so of kind, of a, kind of a generic way that I did it, right? It's not perfect, but I'm always trying to think of like, okay, if you're telling this to the general population, let's be real. How many people are going to sit down and, and track and write down every single thing like that and, and measure and calculate? Nobody. I know, I, yeah. yeah, I know there's not. So I, I would take like the big five, you know, since those are the, the one, those are going to tax the CNS the most. Those are the biggest bang for your buck. Exercises are going to move the needle the yeah. most. So, you know, take like the big five or your big compound lifts that you do. And, and just track those. And then just track those. I think that right there will, will help people out a lot just on how much they should either scale up or scale back based off of uh, what they're doing. Yeah, I remember when I was younger reading about um, how the old time strength athletes used to train and it was typically they'd hit the whole body a few days a week. The mistake I made, and I think you guys have done, you guys talked about making the exact same mistake was I didn't lower the volume or the intensity. I just tripled everything. Mm. So I would do, you know, 15 sets for chest once a week before. And I said, Oh, I'm, I should do this three days a week. So I did 15 sets three days a week with the same intensity. And I failed miserably. Like I got terrible results. And then I realized, wait a minute, I was doing 15 sets per four once a week. What if I just did five sets each time? So I'm doing three times the frequency, same total amount of sets. Let's see what happens. And then I got you know great results. So you got to pay attention to those things. And what's cool about this is, let's say, like for me, every other week or so, I can only do about maybe 40 to 45-minute workouts. I, I drop my kids off at school. I have about 40 minutes before we start work. Those workouts, I ramp the intensity up because mm -hmm. I'm doing way less, way less volume, way less sets. I'm pushing much harder than like weeks like this when I don't have uh, the kids with me and I have an hour and 20 minutes to work out. I can do way more volume. I'm not going nearly as hard. Both have their 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 value, but you got to pay attention to that. Well, since this is so subjective, are there things that you guys are paying attention to as feedback to to yourself? Like, okay, if I'm doing this correctly, am I? Did I add too many sets and reps, yeah. or did I take back? Is there something that you're paying attention to? Um, other, obviously, tracking and measuring is is I think probably one of the best ways to do this to make sure that you're scaling appropriately. Um, but since I also know that most people won't do that, are there certain things that are like red flags of like, oh, you did too much? Well, I start to notice a bit of joint pain. Yep, and that's here. one of those things when I ramp the volume up a bit more, especially on the compound lifts. Uh, and so that's something I gauge based on like how many, where I was at with those specific sets. But to your point of like those compound lifts taxing the CNS the most, those are the ones I'm always kind of cycling through the week is did I hit you know, those five lists and I rotate them correctly and everything else is complementary to that. So I, I basically structure the whole rest of my workout based off of like, you know, if I got two or three of those major compound lists. Yeah, I'm like you, I start to notice joint pain. Um, I start to get weaker. I feel more fatigued. You know, these are yeah. kind of subjective uh, things, right? I feel a little bit more soreness, not getting as good of a pump. You know, I feel like I have to train at a lower intensity because I just don't feel like I have it in me. 
then I typically, it's because I'm doing too much. So I bring it down yeah. and make myself. Speaking of CNS and recovery, you know, I'm going to tread lightly here because I don't want to uh, advertise anything uh, that w in, in particular and specifically with what I'm about to talk about without any real studies supporting it. So this is my own subjective experience, okay? So uh, I know the audience knows we work with a company called Ned and they produce very high quality hemp oil extracts. So hemp has all these cannabinoids that have effects in the body. It doesn't have THC. So hemp is a is very closely related to the marijuana plant. The difference being marijuana has lots of THC in it. Hemp plant has the other cannabinoids. So it's not going to make you get that high, but cannabinoids have other effects in the body, reduce inflammation, make you feel relaxed. Uh, they can there's a lot of other potentially beneficial effects, right? So they have a product called De-Stress, which is new. And I've tried all their other products. They're always really good. The De-Stress for, this is again, my own experience, for recovery, ridiculous. Hmm. It's ridiculous. So I've been taking it now semi-regularly. I don't, I haven't used the sleep in a while. So Ned Sleep like knocks me out. And I stopped using their normal hemp oil extract. I'm using the De-Stress one now, which is higher in, a cannabinoid known as CBG, which is they call the parent cannabinoid. So it has all these kind of general effects, including relaxing the body and lots of anti-inflammatory effects. Also got CBD. And I, I swear to God, dude, I take this. If I feel like I'm overtrained or a little sore mm. or stiff, and I notice the next day I feel, it's like I'm, I'm either recovering faster or there's like this anti-inflammatory No way. Effect. Do you really mm. think that hemp can be helping that much? Enough, you take it right after enough your for you no. to actually feel like that, like recover. You, you know, I'm pretty sensitive to stuff. So, and I've been doing. Like, it I want to call bullshit on that. There's like no way. Dude. Well, so here's the deal: uh, cannabinoids definitely have a systemic. This is my explanation. It's what I think, right? They definitely have this kind of systemic anti-inflammatory effect. Now, it's not anti-inflammatory like a like ibuprofen, right, or uh, naproxen, right? Which literally, these are NSAIDs. They go into the body. And they prevent the production of prostaglandins, which contribute to inflammation. So it's like a hammer, hammering yeah. inflammation. And if you use them too often, you'll see in studies, you'll get reduced muscle mass uh, and increased risks of injury because your body needs those inflammatory markers to heal and build muscle. So you don't want to block them completely. What you want to do, if you're slightly overtrained, is just kind of modulate the inflammatory system so it's not a little bit maybe run away, run away or whatever. I think that's what's happening because the cannabinoid system is more like a dimmer switch on a light, not like turning it off. So I think that's what might be happening. And again, I'm trading lightly because this has only been maybe a couple weeks, but I just, I feel like it's got this kind of recovery effect. You know, when you train well, could really you hard- be, Could you be getting into a, a parasympathetic state faster because of to it totally. too? I mean, maybe totally. it's compounding because of that. Then. I think so. Have you guys used the de-stress yet? I have used it. Oh, it's so- Yeah, I haven't, used it I haven't used it consistently and I haven't used it with the intent that you are right now because I just, I can't, I don't think I can wrap my brain around the fact that hemp oil could be potentially helping you recover faster. I think it maybe maybe recover faster is the wrong thing to say. I think maybe Yeah, I don't like that. You know, I don't like do that I. because because I a lot of this is where how it got marketed in the bodybuilding yeah. space which annoys me. It's yeah, like I'm you with got you. you got these jacked out bodybuilders on steroids and some of that and they're pushing like hemp oil because yeah, oh, this I, is the secret. I recover so much quicker and faster. I just cringe at that because as valuable as I think 
uh, hemp is. And I, I, I swear by it. I love the product and stuff like that. It's not how I use it. It's not the main reason. It's that's more why to- that's why I'm careful with how I'm saying it. You know what it probably is? Maybe it's it's keeping there's that line of overtraining, and maybe it's like if you overtrain a little bit, it helps. I don't think it's like a regular post workout recovery supplement. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I think it's more like, oh crap, I'm a little bit overstressed or overtrained. Then it might help a little or bit. Or what, what I was saying is like, is there studies to support like getting into that state, calming the body down, and and if you can do that, say an hour faster than like, so you, when you work out, like you're yeah. heightened, you're amped up, and it probably takes I don't know, and I'm just speculating right now, you know, an hour, two, three hours for the body to completely calm down, and then it to switch over now yeah. into recovery and rebuild mode, right? So, uh, you know, if you if you cut that time in half. Uh, and that every single day over time, I mean, how much do you think that, is there any, any, regardless, not just talking about hemp, forget hemp, just being able to get yourself into that state at a faster. Not specifically, but of course, if you get good sleep, if you have a good meditation, I guess, practice or things that tend to help with that, right? you do know people do get better results or on the flip side, if they're too stressed or too in that sympathetic state. They tend to break their body down too often, and I don't use it post post workout. So it's not like I'm doing it right after my workout. I'm doing this in the evening, mm. but I'm just noticing I'm less like less of the symptoms of overtraining. Yeah, see, I would it. wonder too then if maybe some of what you're feeling too is just maybe just better stress or yeah, better I mean, sleep. I mean, you know, what I'm saying true. Like you're just well. What's the the uh, class of supplements called like with mushrooms and everything? Where they basically just help to kind of not adaptogens. Adaptogens, right? Yes. So it, it doesn't allow. Uh, you know, too loud a signal, too low of a signal, it sort of like balances it out. You know, that's a great question. I wonder if you could classify cannabinoids as adaptogens because they do do that. For example, in uh, studies with people who have depressed immune systems, uh, cannabinoids can help the immune system be a little bit more robust. Mm-hmm. And then in cases where people's immune systems are out of control, like they have autoimmune issues, Cannabinoids have shown to bring down the immune response. So, and that, that's, I mean, almost the definition of what an adaptogen would do, right? Yeah. Well, it seems too like, uh, you know, it's kind of built in, especially like we found, like we, we always thought if you're smoking it a bunch, like you should have the same type of problems you had with like tobacco but, and have uh, all these, you know, but it some, somewhat mitigates, you know, some of the, uh, the, the the damage that you get from yeah smoking it. that's true they they can't they can't connect smoking cannabis to lung cancer probably because it also fights it at the same time well, there's right. just it's of, not officially it's an adaptogen strange. oh yeah what does that say there but Doug? it, it meets all, all the requirements oh interesting yeah hmm. yeah adaptogens an interesting category of supplements I wouldn't even know how they I mean that's a fairly new thing like that they didn't really like discuss that like i i don't don't remember that being around when we were training not in western uh, spaces but adaptogens have been used in ayurvedic and chinese medicine for thousands of years do you think it's just because it's minimal as far as the the benefits behind it i I don't think you take an adapt it's not like caffeine like you take an adaptogen you're like oh my god i feel it it's like you got to take it for a little while and then oh okay i think i'm feeling better you know i feel less stressed that's where i could see like you could make the case for kind of your point is like if you were consistently using like a de-stressed you know full spectrum hemp product like that and you know every night for say a month uh you got five percent better sleep yeah because of it 
you know, that's uh, compounded over a month's time. That's a, a lot better sleep towards your process of recovering, rebuilding. And I could see it working like that, but like the uh, boom, take it right after a workout. This helps yeah. get me, you know, recover from being sore from the last. That's why I'm careful with mm -hmm. saying it. Cause I don't want to advertise it as like a bodybuilding supplement. That's not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's wanna, not what it is. You want to know what you guys are not careful about is the way you guys recommend <laughs> movies on this fucking show. And <laughs> I just want to point out, cause Doug wanted me to talk about it. He said that the movie that you guys chose this weekend was fucking awful. Uh, the Tom Hanks Finch one. Hey man, we got cocky, dude. You got so excited. We, we go were... in sci-fi category and you go, yes. You know why? Like, yes, it's okay. Here, here's why. I, first of all, I had no idea what the movie was about. We all I saw, yeah, all we saw was the picture. We saw a robot. That's no, all you saw. Okay. You, have, you have Tom Hanks and you have a robot and it looks like, you know, whatever, like apocalyptic yes. setting. I'm like, okay, this has to be somewhat good, right? Yes. I mean, it's, that's a hundred percent what happened to me. I'm like, Tom Hanks. Yeah. This is the checklist. Dystopian future. Check. Robot. Check. <laughs> Yeah. Tom Hanks, eh, check. Yeah. This might be good. <laughs> I mean, we didn't factor in the writing. Yeah, that Ooh, that was a big, yeah. big. Uh, yeah. it, it was bad. It, it, was, it was terrible. The writing was really bad. I, you know, what? I didn't even see who 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 made the film. I didn't see who made it, but it was it was not it, good. Dude, it was the modern day short circuit, right? Yeah. Oh like, my god, I'm pretty like except in an apocalyptic setting. It really was Johnny Five, hundred yeah. percent. Same thing, but worse. Like I mean, <laughs> yeah. right? It really was. Like it was exactly. Listen, one of the lines it was like, "I know you were born yesterday, but can you grow up?" Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So he said to his robot friend. I yeah. was like, dude, somebody wrote that. Yeah. Okay. Like. <laughs> yeah, it was slappy for that. The only cool thing about it was some of the ways that Tom Hanks's character made vehicles to travel through. Like, because I guess the UV oh, rays yeah, were real yeah. strong because the ozone layer was destroyed. Yeah. And that was semi, it was okay. I was kind of like, oh, that's that's an interesting Winnebago, you know, the way he put that together. Yeah. Besides that, everything else sucked. What's the one he did where he talked to the volleyball forever? What's that? What was Castaway. that? Castaway. Castaway. Because that one was such a hit, I feel like everybody's like tries to do this thing. Like, can we build a whole movie around one character? Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? It's like been a trend ever since then. And it's Dude, like. Dude, and there was no, like there was, they, they alluded to like this imposing force, like these like raiders coming and then they never show them. Yeah, that was so disappointing. I'm like, dude, there's like no conflict here. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, that, totally sucked. And that, that was a weak robot. Yeah. Well, weak. you know, speaking of tech stuff, and I think you walked out of the room on this, Sal, so you missed this. Uh, we watched the 007 yeah. uh, this weekend also, or I watched some of it. You know, I, I can't get into the, the 007 anymore. It's so predictable to me. That's why I walked out. It's just like the same, oh, cool, he's going to get away. Nobody can shoot him. Oh, my God, look how cool his car is. He's shooting everybody. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what it's a formula. Yeah, it's like so. Anyway, but what happened with the with this? Tech? Well, there was something that was cool. I saw it on Justin's notes, and I was like, you know, I don't think Sal even seen it. And I was trying to find it on YouTube so I could share it with you, so we could actually have this conversation. But there's a part in it. This isn't going to ruin the movie because it's not even that important. But yeah. Justin and I were both like, oh, that's kind of cool. And yeah. is that possible? So they had to like jump down this elevator shaft or something. I don't even remember what it was, but it was a deep shaft that they had to jump down in and they suited up real quick and you're not sure. And then they, they throw down like all these balls and they, yeah. they all stick to the walls all the way down. Sticking uh, magnets basically. Yeah. Okay. And they, and they, they hit a button. It lights up like red and then they have a suit on with all these magnets and then they just jump. And then the, at the at the very so bottom, free falls all the way to the bottom, and then once it turns red, basically like it it changes the uh, charge, and then it it holds them and suspends them before he hits the ground. Oh, you know, like when you cool. have two magnets yeah, that are yeah, really yeah. strong and you can't push them together like that. So imagine you have a you have the the suit 
with the opposite charge oh, than yeah, what that's it's. Cool. Yeah, and they jump through it and just they just catch in balance like that. That's thought, pretty cool. Yeah, right. Like, I thought that was an interesting idea. You know, it's, uh, a lot of the sci-fi tech and movies. So could be of a pacemaker. Though. They tend to come out. In the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, stop my heart. I was gonna say a lot of these movies with these technology uh, in the past oftentimes comes kind of true in the future. They conceptualize it based off of like you know, current tech and where it could potentially go. Like, speaking of magnets, you guys have seen rail guns, right? I was watching videos of rail guns yeah, this weekend. Yeah, dude. Oh, I'm a, you ever I'm seen fan. a rail gun? No, remind me what that, uh, what that is. The Navy has, uh, I think they have two ships with rail guns because they take up so much power and they're so heavy. So, like, it shoots like a it's, steel bar or something like that? Yeah, it? it's like the yeah. ultimate, like, lowest form of friction because you have an electromagnetic um, way of, of basically just catapulting this thing bro the they fire a, like a tungs tungsten steel rod which is like their 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 bullet or whatever so fast you need no war you don't need any explosives on it it'll literally hit with such an impact that it goes through and explodes everything multiple buildings just oh bro it's the fastest most i forgot what they, they showed like a, like how fast the conventional bullet travels and then one of these things travels like Dude. Thousands of times faster. It's like the it Tesla bullets. Yes. Yeah, it basically can create like a meteor, you know, yes. on, on Earth, just it, it, hitting it, so it hard. Shove it through everything. And with actually pretty damn good accuracy. So one way that they use it, I was watching this cool video on it, is they'll aim these rail guns at incoming missiles. They'll fire them up into the sky, and then the whatever they're firing out, once it gets close to the missile, it the front opens and it shoots debris out to hit the to make sure that the missile detonates in the air. I thought that was so cool. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah, it's really really cool. Oh, but yeah, cool. there was a there was this concept where they would put these rail guns on satellites and fire down <laughs> tungsten steel rods. Right, no explosives, but they come in so fast and hit the ground so hard that it would cause uh, like an, craters. Right, it would explode yeah. with the with the force of uh, like massive nuke. Wow, because they fire from space. Wow. Isn't that cool that all of our innovation, dude? We have so much innovation like that. that will just kill us all now. Yeah. I mean, isn't that exciting? Doesn't it? Is it me or does it just feel like it's accelerating right now? And I, I feel like this whole talk around the metaverse is maybe promoting that, you know, because yeah. I, dude, it felt like it was. So, this is such a buzz term right now. Oh my! Well, did you see Disney's everybody. announcement too? They're gonna do one. They're in too. I mean, ever it's it's everyone's moving in that direction. What, what's it gonna look like? I don't know, dude. I mean, it's gonna. I, I imagine it's gonna be a, a little clunky. At the beginning, but I mean, so, so, so were video games just 20 yeah. years so ago. So it's, it's going to be like this, right? 30 years ago. So it's going to be like this, right? You could go to Disney's metaverse, Google's metaverse. It's not going to be Facebook. like that. No, no, it's, like you're walking walking no it's going to be a metaverse. It's more like the internet. Yeah, right. Like, so you, you're, you're, you have a website internet. and you have a So you could network. walk into different, you could just visit different areas of this so metaverse. So it's like Wreck-It Ralph 2. Is that where we're going here? here? Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, I think that? he's in a video game. Isn't that what he's in? Yeah, but it's a metaverse. No, but he actually goes the second one. He goes oh, yeah, into you're the right. internet. You're right. And you're he's right. like, oh, there's Google and there's you know, yeah, the yeah, real places. Right. Yeah, so they're, it's not like it's, they're not competing, right? So Disney doing it isn't, it's not like, oh, who's going to win? Google, Facebook, or whatever. It's like they're all, in a sense, working together to build this you know, n another online, you know, yeah. another, a, a digital platform God, that everybody gonna get, is. It's going to get weird. Like, how are they going to stop weirdos going to Disneyland's, you know, metaverse or they, they can't kids going to like, I mean, is it really, any, it's, is it really any different than that in the real world? I mean, they put stuff up to, you have security and you have checks and you have things. I mean, I just it, feel it like it won't it's, be that much different. Maybe. Right? right. But sometimes I feel like, I mean, it will be a lot different. I feel but like I mean, it's easier to trick people. In a, you know, because you see my avatar. And, yeah, oh, but there's also less 
risk because it's not real life. If a creep gets into Disneyland in real life, you know, some some pedophile who was do, going to do harm, that's very dangerous. Yes. You know, if a pedophile gets in Disney metaverse, mm -hmm. it, yeah, it would be bad. And maybe some kids see some bad things. But at the end of the day, like, it's not as dangerous yeah, as him. Yeah, that's not the strategy. The strategy is they go in, they earn a kid's trust, right? And then they. Meet I'm not them saying that there is there's risk in everything that we do, but yeah, what, right. what in your in your opinion, what is more risky, a real pedophile in real life being able to grab your child at Disneyland or one on in the digital world? Yeah, I mean, there's I'm sure there's a there's potential for uh, more. So you're, you're saying we shouldn't live in the real world because it's more dangerous. No, okay. no, you. I I've already <laughs> I, I think I've already came out and said that I will probably. Most most likely be the unplugged. You know, I don't think that uh, I'm, I'm not interested. I wasn't even. It, You're going to be the old fuddy duddy. I get. I mean, it doesn't mean that I won't dabble. I mean, I, I play like I play video games, you know, once every six months. I, I, I play a video game with my buddies. So, uh, you know, I'm sure I'll have the option to jump in the metaverse and play around, see what it's all about. I'm not going to be like that. I'm not going to be like anti it. I don't want anything to do with it. But I just uh, real real life is just is, more interesting. Yeah. Way yeah. more interesting to yeah. me. It's hard to say. I mean, I, I could see if, if it's cool, like it could be something that you kind of just go in every now and then and just try and make sure that you have like boundaries. But yeah, I don't know. Like I, I guarantee it's going to be clunky for a while. Did, did you guys hear the full episode of Shapiro? With um, I'm with halfway Rogan. through. He talked about a philosopher back in the '60s, uh, predicting something like this, and he know you know why he said it wouldn't work. Oh, because there weren't real risks. Like yeah, real I life. thought that was really interesting, but you know that's that's probably I mean, part of what it addicts people to gambling is the loss part that you can. It's actually not the lose. winning. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's it's the mm. fact that yeah, you gambling could, isn't fun if you never lose. Yeah. And you always bring up that that great you just lose um, all your bitcoins. What's that? What's Twilight the, Zone? Yeah, episode. the Twilight Zone episode, and I, that highlights that really well. Like you think you would want to win all the time and have everything you really want, but maybe you don't. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's what maybe that's what the metaverse is going to do for everybody. Is maybe that's maybe initially everybody is going to want to do it, and everybody and is going to make their avatar amazing, and they always win. They're always pretty, and they have all the cool stuff. And then they're going to still be just as fucking miserable as they were before they got in this and yeah. realize. I think so. This is utopia. Uh, I, I think so. Unless it's like. Doesn't mean anything though. You know, Metaverse 2.0. If you die here, you die for real. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my Facebook God. comes and kills you. Yeah, you have the that. haptic suit that's this, just like you're getting stabbed. Oh, ah, this ah. is cool. Or you only, you get like amount of lives. You get five or like lives. Shocks you really, really bad. Use them wisely. You know, this reminds me of an article I read over the weekend. Uh, Harvard professor who is an expert on on uh, happiness and what makes us actually happy, wrote this article about, and basically the title was, if you win, $20 million won't make you happy. And what he talks about in, his, in this article is they ha literally show studies, and this is well-documented, that besides having your basic needs met, for example, you know, you need a house, you need food, water, you need to not be stressing that you're not going to be able to pay for certain basic necessities, past that point, Studies show that like somebody winning $20 million within three months to a year, they return right back to their baseline of happiness. So yeah. they get all this money. They're happier for a short period of time. And then after that, right back to where they were before. And so he listed the things that actually do make us like genuinely happier, like long lasting uh, happiness. One of them was friends and family for spending time. Another one was gratitude, which was a, which was another one. Forgiveness. He actually listed forgiveness, and, mm. they, and he cited studies where you have this kind of long term 
you know, issue with a person or a situation, being able to let it go and forgive that individual uh, increases a person's happiness. That was a very interesting article. It's really good. Yeah, that yeah. is. Really it's one. It's a hard one. Experiences to get. weren't in there. I think so. Let me double check. Yeah, I would. Th- I would think experience, life experiences, would be in there. I would think. Yeah, I would. I would think so. That that would be one of them. But I remember the. But friends we, we talked about that with uh, when we interviewed David Hansen from uh, Basecamp, yeah. right? That was the oh, same. giving. Giving was the other one. Did I say his last name right, Doug Hansen? No, I oh, didn't. Did yeah. I? I I'm not sure. What Hannemeyer or something like that? No, that's yeah. his middle name. He's oh, is like it? Two yeah, David Hannemeyer Hansen. I think. Oh, is it's, it? Okay. Yeah, I'm totally fucking up, David. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he talked about the same thing, right? The difference between zero making zero dollars and a million dollars a year is crazy. It's like astronaut difference, right? It's yeah. just there's a huge, uh, but a million to ten million and above is yeah. other than like being able to fly your own rocket ship and do some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. He goes, there's not there's not a lot that you can't do um, if you're making a million dollars versus uh, if you know you were uh, making ten million dollars. Have something. Have you ever seen the charts on happiness as you age? Where like it starts out high when you're a kid, kind of goes down in middle age, and, it and comes then comes back up, and then it comes back up after middle. Speaking of which, middle age, uh, is this a big birthday for you or what? Uh, yeah, no, we're. Um, I mean, we're in the middle of it, right? So I'm technically the 16th is is my birthday. The 15th is Katrina's birthday, so hers is first. Uh, but this is the 40 for me. And uh, do you remember when like those parties used to have like over the hill and it had like black, you know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. everything was like downhill from there <laughs> i wonder if katrina will decorate like that this weekend we'll see if she does something like that but she set up like uh you know adam's 40th bonanza month you know so i've been every i haven't really shared much of this on the podcast but every weekend there's been something that we did like the first one i was out with my brother-in-law i took the atv out and haven't rode that uh, we did a bunch of backcountry stuff it was nice she pretty much uh watched max and set it all up so i That's could do, nice. do that um, tomorrow, um, I've got skydiving, uh, Whoa. tonight. Yeah. Hold to- on a second. You're going to go jump out of a plane tomorrow? Yeah. And I guess we're, we this, are we doing the, the highest, the highest jump yeah, in the, in the United States. I don't know if you knew that, Justin, or not. Uh, I, I was, yeah, I just agreed and yeah. I don't have no idea what I'm getting myself. Yeah. yeah we so should record a lot of back episodes. <laughs> back, Doug, in over case where I'm happens. at is, uh, the high, the highest, highest jump. So oh, I don't know the exact, yeah. uh, I mean, if you want to, if you're going to do it, you do it. You know, don't that was actually a surprise to me that she put that on there. She was actually, you know, you don't really seem that excited for it. I said, well, you know, this was like a, a bucket list item. I thought when I was like 25, it was less of a bucket list item as I got older. <laughs> Are you <laughs> nervous? I, have a yeah. kid and everything. I mean, like, ah. a little, but not really. Uh, you know that it's, you know, that uh, riding a, a mountain bike is more dangerous than jumping out of a plane. Do you know that? Statistically, you know, or riding a motorcycle. Like you mean one versus one or just total... Yeah, is this a numbers thing? Just in general. Just yeah. like more people die from downhill mountain biking. Well, yeah, because way more people mountain bike. Well, no, that's I, what I as a percentage, as a really? percentage, yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 way less riskier than what you would think. I mean, you're, you're, you're attached to somebody else. He's got multiple shoots. Are they going to be if like- we sm- were squirrel suiting or whatever you call that. Yeah, like, that's, that's different. That's straight That's totally different. Wish. But we've got that, and then we have the- Bro, you're not even nervous about that. Not too bad. Well, I mean, yeah. well, I guess Hell until I'm no. there. You can, I was gonna say you could ask me when I'm like going up in the plane and like getting ready to jump out the door. I might, I'm sure I'll, I'll have some nerves. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like, yeah, I definitely want. Oh, some I'm nerves. just Man. nervous about the dude on my back. Yeah, like, <laughs> I just hope he smells good and everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want some whispers in your ear. Yeah. <laughs> Heavy oh, guy, as, you know, hey, as, as nice little dude, glutes. as yeah. you're falling, he's like kissing your ear. Stop! I look over, I just see Justin flipping. Listen, we're taking this all the way down. 
down. We miscalculated your weight. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Then we're, then we're doing uh we're doing a, a five uh, five star Michelin restaurant tonight. That um, this is the first time I've ever been to a restaurant like this. We had to put uh, so she reserved it almost a month ago. You have to put uh, two hundred dollars down, non refundable to reserve a table to go eat there. They called her yesterday to confirm to make sure that we're going. It's less than 24 hours. And they say, so if you don't show up, each person gets charged $140 no matter what. So it'll be a $300 bill for me if I didn't show up to the to the restaurant. <laughs> wow, what do they serve there? They, I know, like isn't that crazy? I don't know, we'll like find that? out. Old so. flake meat, dude. Yeah. And then I don't, what was the other thing we got going on? And then we had the big party, right? So we had the party going on. It's not that Now, big. are you, like, uh, what is turning 40? Does that mean anything to you? Or is it nothing. It means absolutely nothing to me because I'm the youngest of the group, of you guys, of my best friends. Yeah. Katrina's a year older. I'm literally the baby. So I've been saying I'm 40 for the last three years. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it doesn't really mean anything I was looking to me. forward to it. I feel like um, 40s is like the best. I don't know. I feel like that's the best decade uh, looking forward to I, for me know, at yeah, least. I, I, don't, I don't think there was any looking forward to me. I think that I think that ended at either 21 or 30. Maybe maybe I look forward to 30 a little bit. Uh, but I do. I, I enjoy getting older now where I don't I don't think I probably would have thought I would have. Like if you asked me at 20, yeah. what do you think about 40? I'm like, oh my God, I'll be almost dead. You know, like that's going to be – like literally when you're 20, you think 40 is so far you away, do. right? So uh, – but now, I mean, for sure, uh, I think life gets better as you get older. It really does. It does. It, it, there's, there's obviously things that um, I am not as athletic as I was when I was 25. I don't have the same kind of energy. I've got – you know, the the aches and pains that pop up here and there that are nagging. But aside from that, everything else seems to be better. Yeah, you know, they've done studies on that. And people think the age that people think is old is 20 years older than them. So if you're 40, for example, if I would ask you, does 50 seem like you're getting old? And you'd be like, yeah, not really. 60, you'd yeah. say, yeah. Yeah, it does. So it's always 20 That's years older. That, isn't that weird? Yeah, mm -hmm. so like Doug, I could ask Doug. And <laughs> Doug, does 100 sound really old no. to you? <laughs> no, but seriously, like if, if I tell you, you know, 60 or 65 or 60, you might think, eh, but if I say 75, 80, then you say, yeah, it definitely is. But I think at some point, 80 is old no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Katrina is like all about you skydiving like courtney was like having a hard time with it a little bit and she actually didn't even show up when i went on the uh f-16 flight like she refused to go and watch the whole thing so i imagine that's actually even more risky probably yeah, yeah i mean if you did statistics yeah because even in in france i remember that they had some incident uh just uh taking off and something like, like he Dude. hit he hit the yeah i would imagine what you did I'm with be, that I'm gonna be, gonna be, something happens i'm gonna be so mad at you I'll be stupid. so mad. Katrina, you're already insured. You're fine. You're going to make a payday if no, I die. No, actually, we haven't signed yeah, it. If you, exactly. uh, um, Katrina's already done it. Katrina did it like- oh, uh, She skydived? Yeah, yeah. Wow. She did it with like her one of her old boyfriends. Bro, you're, that she you're was the weirdest before. person I know. You won't watch a scary movie, but you'll jump out of a plane. That makes- Absolutely zero no, logical sense. I don't. Yes, it does. I've explained this before, and I'll explain it again for you because you still don't get it. Like, I'm not against like adrenaline things that make me scared or push the limits. I, but when I sit down at ten o'clock at night and I put my feet up from a day and smoke a joint, I don't want to be scared in my fucking mind. What time? I want to go. I want to relax and I want to be entertained and I want joy. I don't want my heart racing like this right before I'm going to try to go to bed. Like I watch movies to chill out. All right. So what time are you skydiving? I don't know. Uh, in the like late morning, so okay. like so. If 11, I if, if I have you watch a scary ass movie at eleven a.m., you'll watch it. I mean, no, uh, you liar. 
Has nothing to do with that. <laughs> I mean, I have no desire to either, though. So it's like it I can see you getting scared right now talking about it. Yeah, you get uncomfortable in your chair, dude. Make him watch Hills Have Eyes. A hundred percent. This guy yeah. wanted to replay the beginning of 007 just because there's like a, a, hot, a scary part, and you wanted to see my reaction. I saw him. I'm like, oh, you turned yeah. 007 yeah. on. It's such a weird intro to 007. It was, yeah, it was not normal. Yeah, the mask is yeah. like, yeah. you know, yeah. he's like Adam's all scared. Let's let's watch that again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's there. I I like I love roller coasters. Um. I, you know, I love doing crazy shit on the snowboard and the wakeboard and yeah. stuff that pushing limits like that. Yeah. And I've been hurt. <laughs> so I like adrenaline and I like doing these, but I, I'm in the mood for like, that's what I'm trying to do at that moment. And TV has always been this, like, I want to check out partially when I'm watching TV, if that makes sense. It like does. Yeah. I want to, I want kind of to melt into the couch and I, I don't, I don't want to think or stress about anything. Hey, remember, hey, remember well, the, remember the weed commercial from the nineties that tried to talk you out of smoking weed with the, with <laughs> and, the dog talking. Yeah. And you. the girl was literally melted into the couch yeah. because she was smoking weed. Did yeah. that actually convince anybody not to smoke like, weed? No, did it do the opposite. That's yeah. my favorite part. Dogs can talk like, to you. Yeah. Like, melting like, into the dude, couch. This, this looks hella fun. Cool. I want to talk to my dog. Yeah. yeah. Oh, speaking on? of like adrenaline and tech and whatnot. So there is called like, I think it's called like the radical shark vehicle, but there's this new kind of, it, it's like a hybrid of almost like a submersible vehicle that goes like super fast under the water, can jump out. Oh, I've seen it. And then back. Yeah. It's basically what? like the canopy almost of a- What's it uh, called? A shark something? So they make- Radical look, shark So vehicle, they make them look like dolphins, I sharks. See it, I want to see it. They'll make it them look like killer whales. It looks fun, dude. Like really cool. Yeah. So it's literally, it looks like a, a shark or a dolphin- and you freaking jam in this thing, and you dive out. That, is that called a, an, an amphibious vehicle? Is that what you say? Is that how you say it? Oh, I don't know. Amphibious? I think amphibious is just a vehicle that can go on top of you know above water and underwater. Doug, right? can you can you school us on that maybe? Yes. I don't know the some kind of submersible. Definition. Oh, look at that! I got you guys, huh? Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's waterfall. Um, yeah, look, look, look. So he's oh, yeah. inside this like. Oh, they're gonna show what? the outside of it though. What the yeah. hell? Yeah, yeah, so he's on the inside, like on top of the water right now, but it actually can dive down. It, it too looks like it go goes hella fast. Yeah. But, oh no, yeah. Look, see, it, it literally looks like oh, a, looks shark. Like a shark. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it may look like a shark, but it can get into all these like cool places. What like a boat the could. hell? And it goes underwater, above water. It looks like it's pretty cool. Okay, right? now where where would somebody even be able to sign up to use this, or could you even buy it, or are we looking like a, a one like a, a prototype? Is this like a yeah. one off? I think it's I think it's new. Like, I think it's like a prototype that uh, they're they're messing with. No, I've I've seen it. I've seen it for like I, where I saw, like Mexico or something. You can do this. Or? I don't know if you can do it there, but I know that they <laughs> there's, there's, there's a place you could do it. That's probably somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> somewhere where there's less regulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, dude, that's so true. I, did I ever tell you guys? When I went that to was Mexico? the first place I seen the. Remember when the 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 rocket boot things first came yes. out? I oh, saw it in Mexico before. Oh, I saw Mexico, it you could do everything. Yeah. I remember one time seeing someone f fall out of the freaking. You know, they do the uh, what do they do when they pull you in the parachute? What's that called? Parasailing. Parasailing, parasailing, yeah. Someone fell out. In, the water. I was like, oh my God. in Mexico? Yeah, bro. Oh my God. <laughs> fell out. You could die from that. That's, oh, yeah, that's, that's high enough to die. That's it's not it's good. like concrete. It's not cool. Wow. Yeah. I, I saw wonder that. if they died. No, no, I don't know. They didn't die. They went. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's like, that's super dangerous. I know. Dude. It was fun. Hey, yeah. uh, um, I had this morning um, store bought bacon. And you know what? It sucks. Butcher, butcher box bacon is legit compared to these other bacon. Oh, speaking of, not to hijack yeah, like your commercial, flavor. but you just reminded me of something, Doug. So I was telling you about the the, the beef and broccolini uh, 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 instapot thing that we love to make, and you asked me to try the. Is it so? I we got so I by the way, okay. I finally changed my box uh, from oh, giving cool. getting shit all the time, and we did these. 
They're already pre-marinated uh, flank steaks. I think is what Butcher Box what? does. I've never gotten those. It's, what was it? What was it? You told you told me. I like the flat iron. Oh, flat iron. That's, That's what flat what iron. They're, they're, yeah. But they're 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 already um, marinated. Really? Oh, the ones I get aren't aren't marinated. Oh, so these are yeah. they, they they have some of these ones that are already. Yeah, it's the it's the flank or the flat iron. Steak. What is it? An add on or whatever on the box? Well, Must be. Huh. Uh, must be an add-on. I don't know. I uh, maybe well, I know Katrina changed our regular order, and she was because I was telling her, "Hey, you know, Sal and them been giving me shit about we never changed the butch box. I need it for. I literally said this for commercial reasons. I got to talk about everything that they have. Let's try some new things. Yeah. And she was, "Oh no, we already did." And she brought them out of the freezer, huh. and I was, uh, and she showed me the flat iron steak, and I was like, "Oh, this is what Doug literally just told me. Have you tried that for your Instapot recipe?" Because Katrina does this broccolini and you know fl uh, flat iron steak or flank steak type of uh, a recipe and it's um you know like asian fusion or whatever like that it's i forgot all the sauces i sent them to you i don't know what yeah. they are but they're all these different like thai and spicy sauce but it oh. is so bomb oh i'm gonna she, go check it out yeah and she makes it in the instapot so it makes you know how it is when you cook in that thing like the meat mm. meat falls apart and it's got this little spicy kick to it but yeah, so I didn't know that ButcherBox even did that. They have some really good cuts that are already like... Yeah, I ordered their brisket, and it the brisket was pre-cooked and set up, and it's vacuum-sealed, and all you got to do is take the brisket out and Just then... throw in the oven? Put it in the oven for like 30, 40 minutes, I think it is, and it's not bad. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, that's and how brisket's hard. It's either crappy or good. This was pretty good, but it's an add-on, so I don't know if they'll have it you know, anymore. Oh, yes. Oh, that's what you mean by add-on. Like, if it was just like a temporary yeah, thing so that you could do right you, now. When you go promotional in a, meat. Yeah, when you go in and adjust your box, you have your the meats that are always there. And then they'll have specials every month for add-ons. So, like, I say, if you have Butcher Box, I suggest you check every single month because you'll see some pretty good uh, discounts and specials and, you know, lobster tails they had one time and stuff that you don't normally see. Mm -hmm. That you can add in your box, and you can add it every month. You know, I think it. they had to stop their um, free turkey thing. So they were doing like all the signups. They were doing a free turkey until they until they ran out. I think because I guess there's rumors that like a big portion of our population is not going to be able to get a turkey for Thanksgiving. Have you heard that? Did you see I've, the price? Of I've turkey? heard yeah, price like doubled, right? Double, Fifty percent up or something like that. Doubled, doubled it, huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I just read an article that um, who was it? The guy that predicted the 2008 crash. Uh, they did the movie about him. What was that movie called? Oh yeah, I know the big short. Yeah, yeah, yeah the okay. big short. He said, "Oh, this looks very much like the beginning of what happened in the Weimar Republic with their hyperinflation, where like every, investments were going crazy, everybody was making money, inflation started getting out of control, and then it went crazy and everything crashed." Dude, speaking of inflation and crazy and, and markets, and so. Can you explain to me when, um, you know, people talk about China having like one of the greatest comeback stories oh, in right. their economy and um, just over, the, I think the last, what, two decades, is that correct? Now, when when we measure things like that and say that it's done so well, is it just GDP that we're measuring? Like, how do we measure that? That's and then, usually what we're looking at. Okay, so we're looking at GDP and GDP is, uh, you know, consumers, government. It's government spending too. Government, yeah, government spending, real estate market, all of that's included in that. Yeah, so if government spending goes up considerably, GDP goes up as well. So I, Even I if they're spending it on, you know, digging holes and filling them back up. So I was, I, you know that the uh, real estate uh, is the, in the in China is the largest, largest asset class in the world. Mm. So, and I didn't know this. So the U.S. is, I think, um, twenty three percent of wealth in the United States is generated from real estate. Um, in China, it's closer to forty to fifty percent. Mm. Have you guys ever heard of ghost towns? Oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I did not fucking know about oh, I this. Knew that. There's entire cities that bro. Are this is like nobody lives in. Mind blowing to me, and, and it's all on speculative 
like increase in real estate. They buy these properties. Mm-hmm. They're skeletons. Mm-hmm. They you they're they're don't even some of them don't even have staircases in it. There's like cities that have fifty thousand houses mm-hmm. and only five thousand people live in the entire city. Yep. Completely empty. I mean that you couldn't no electricity, no running water to them. But people buy it as an investment because it goes up, and people speculating on it to get, because of this boom in the last twenty years, and they just mm-hmm. buy them very. And you know, it reminds me of kind of like crypto right now, where everybody just buys all these random coins, and because they speculate on more people buying it or flipping, and all these people are making tons of money. But they, in China, this is like really popular. Like there's all these ghost towns. That I had no idea about. Terrible misallocation. That is of, crazy of to resources. me. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a pop. Yeah, and the government. So the government in China owns the land. Yep. So like like here we can you buy the land and the property right like or the house right. Mm-hmm. We're there. They lease they lease the land to developers who then take loans from the government to build and develop all this. So talk about it, a total artifact. Like I don't even believe the hype anymore about China's economy. Mm-mm. If if a large percentage of their economy is based off of the growth that they've had in, in money and real estate. One-fifth of the homes in China are empty. That's fucking insane. Oh, yeah. dude. That's yep. cr- and and when you when that's included in their in their uh, their GDP and their all their well, their fake. Yeah. yeah. Do you know okay, it's not it's even real. You, 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 you do. So if you if if the US decided let's just take some the middle of the United States where there's, you know, thousands of acres where there's no homes and just said, "Okay, we're going to lease this land to you. You can we're going to let developers take billions of dollars of loans and just start developing houses." They're going to be empty. We're going to sell them to other people in the United States so they can hold them as investments, even though they fucking are useless and you can't do anything with them. It's going to prop up the economy like we are crushing and killing it when we really are not. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. it, it's a huge, huge issue. It's a it's a reflection of their I can't believe I didn't issues. know this. I, yeah, no, I I knew this. There's other things that they've yeah, done, too. Yeah, I haven't too. heard of that. You, know, you do realize that the Soviet... Show, Doug, show him pictures of ghost towns. I, yeah. This is fascinating oh, to me. Right, it looks right like there. something from like an eerie like an eerie, scary movie. Yeah, right there. It's I like mean, a big-ass you big could use city. them to, for film sets. Yeah, to- yeah totally. Yeah, that's about so, it. So people don't understand this. The Soviet Union, before it collapsed, there were still articles coming out talking about the be- the wonders of central planning and how great it is and i mean bernie sanders went to the soviet union and i think the 80s and came back and talked about how incredibly amazing it was and their economy's crushing and this is wonderful right before they crashed mm. right before they, they they imploded so this is a lot of this is smoke and mirrors now china is very different than the soviet union because their markets are far more liberalized than the soviet union so they have more private markets but there still is lots of this central planning going on over there and lots of this you know, it, and I, look, by the way, we, we do similar things, not nearly to that extent, but here we have the Fed printing money and doing stuff like that as well. Not nearly to this extent, though. That that's, is crazy. That's to crazy. Me. I mean, those houses, it's crazy that people are actually buying them and flipping them and, and buying them again and, and, and driving the price up on these things that they're not even being used as investments. Yeah, nobody is renting them it. out and getting cash flow from them or anything. Nobody can, if they lost their other house, can move into it and live in it. They literally are worthless buildings. If you, if you, that is weird. If you ever want to read about like a wonderful example, that sounds silly to us now, but during the time, people didn't know that, well, oh, I couldn't believe this would happen. I don't know what country it was. I want to say Denmark, but they were speculating on tulips. And tulips were extremely yeah, you've valuable. About, you've talked about those stories. Yeah, and people were buying them, and the price of tulips skyrocketed, and it was this new market, and people are speculating on them. Tour, of course, until it all came tumbling. Well, down this the is this is crypto for me, and I. By the mm-hmm. way, I came out as the guy on on here the most that was pro crypto, and I still believe it won't go away. There will be a need for it, even if it's just the black market. 
but this idea of a thousand different coins, you know, that, that are, and they're all, people are buying them and selling them and buying them and selling them. It's like the same thing. It's like, at the end of the day, like, what are you going to do with this Shiba coin if nobody accepts Shiba coin? Exactly. And, like, it's like an empty the, house. Until they have like a legit ATM where I can go, you know, press a button and I can get real cash for what that translates to. Like, I, I'm i super skeptical. Yeah, if it's, it's not fully liquid, it's not accepted everywhere. Um, I think that crypto will always exist, but I don't think you're going to have all these coins. I think you'll have like one or two. Yeah, somebody's going to beat out all the rest yeah, of Yeah, I think obviously Bitcoin is yeah, probably, Bitcoin's probably at the top of the it. list because it's the most widely accepted. and people. There's, just, actually, there's a lot of people that just think they're so smart because they're the way they're flipping and making crypto. Well, yeah, you feel smart when everything you, you every time you swing the bat, you make a hit. Yeah, yeah but on paper, it's just like you the, make millions, you know, like people are hitting like so money. artificially inflated though. Right. It's like the same thing that you like we're talking about right now. This is why my cackles are, are up right now because pick a market that that you wouldn't have made money in the last 10 yeah, years. Yeah, right. You can Go ahead. You throw throw your eyes closed at a dartboard right now. There well, isn't a single market you would not have made money on in the last it 10 It reminds years. me of the dot com thing. I mean, everybody started to sell URLs and, you know, just became a thing and like they're speculating like some companies don't want to buy dude, it from them. Stock market, you would have made money in 10 years. Real estate, you would have made money in 10 years. Crypto, you would have made money in 10 years. Like like everything made money. Doesn't that sound a little funny? To yeah. You? <laughs> baseball cards I smell are baseball like cards. through yeah. the roof. Yeah, like, stamps, yeah. coins. Now like. we have this new NFT market that's exploding all over the place, which is another one that, like, I mean, we kind of started to go into that a little bit. And do I think that's going to be around? Yeah. The, I understand how they're going to work it with the metaverse. It makes total sense. But now everybody is starting all these NFTs. And it's like you're speculating on what's going to be the name brand jeans that everybody wants to wear or the name brand car that everybody's going to want to drive in this metaverse with all these crazy NFTs. Right. Unless you have a community. Like, I get it if you have a community. Like, I know Gary V has his NFTs. I know Tom Bilyeu is moving into that space right now. Listen, if you've got a fan base of a couple million and you sell and you create an NFT, I could see like that. But you have random people, consumers mm -hmm. that are buying these things and trying to flip them and think that they're investments and so that. Whew. That's why well, I like, you better be careful. That's why I like real estate right now because it's real. It's real. People, it's need, real. A, people <laughs> need a place to live. If the apocalypse comes, I have somewhere I can go sleep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know. Say like, <laughs> go sleep in your fucking crypto and your yeah. NFT. Let unless, me know how that works out. Unless for you. we're going to literally digitize ourselves and go into the you know the metaverse or like our our being. I don't see real estate as. I always think that's a safer investment. Of so course it is yeah. because it's yeah. real. It's you can you can touch it, you can hold it, you can use it. Doesn't mean it won't go down. Yeah, I just don't think it'll course. crash I mean, and nothing is disappear. nothing nothing is is perfect, right? But I mean if if every if if you look at it, the worst case scenario in all those markets the worst case scenario for something like yeah. like crypto or NFT is like no one gives a shit about it. And they're gone. And it can disappear. Yes. If gone. you pull the plug. Right. And that's my biggest thing. Like, so like, like to your uh, like hard asset point, it's like you can figure something out with the land, with the way that you use, you know, the building somehow. Like there's something else, you know, potentially you can use, you know, from something like that versus just a digital asset. Well, listen, if, if, if uh, you know, let's, we have, we have multiple properties in Boise, Idaho, right? So let's pretend like everybody decides nobody wants to live in Boise, Idaho and the whole economy crashes, apocalypse come and we mine pumping implodes. Well, we can all move our asses to those houses and live there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. For free <laughs> because we own them. So that has a tremendous value to me in comparison. Yeah, what are you going to do with your, what are you going to do with your, your Shiba? Shiba what are you going to do with your million Shiba coins yeah. when no one gives a shit? about Shiba you coins you anymore. You can't print them and Talk eat them. Talk about it. You know what I mean? I got <laughs> Shiba coins. Are you hungry? Yeah. Like, and and that doesn't mean, I think you can be, 
I think you can be pro crypto that this is kind of the future of way things will go. I, I, I do believe that. I believe we are moving in this direction. Yeah. I believe that it's going to be, but to speculate on all the different ones and the exact value of it or how exactly we're going to Listen, use it, boy, is that if risky. If you're a kid and you're in debt and you haven't saved, you know, 50 grand on your own or 100 grand on your own and you're speculating a bunch on crypto. You're probably not making a smart decision. You got to learn how to save your money first, not be in debt. Those basics still apply. Once you save a bunch of money and you have money you can throw away, then you can experiment all you want. And I know people are like, oh, but my buddy made a lot. Of yes, but uh, that's not a long-term strategy whatsoever. And yeah, every once in a while, look, right now, right now it's T-ball. The baseball's sitting on a tee, and every time you swing, you're going to hit the ball. It's not, it's not like that. It's never always like that. So yeah. expect it to not be that way. Hey, real quick, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Look, we know that being healthy isn't just being perfect with your diet and working out all the time. In fact, that's not healthy to be so crazy about that stuff. You need to enjoy your quality of life. That means you need to go out every once in a while, uh, have a pizza with your friends, enjoy a glass of wine with your wife or a beer with your friends. By the way, the problem with alcohol is the day after your workout suck. That's one of the reasons why I almost never drank alcohol. It always ruined my workouts. That is until... We ran into a company that we work with called Z-Biotics. So they made the first genetically modified probiotic drink. So these bacteria have actually been modified to produce a compound that breaks down some of the negative stuff that alcohol produces in the body. So what the result of this is, you feel way better the next day. This is how it works. You drink your Z-Biotics, then you drink your alcohol, make sure you stay hydrated. The next day, you feel much better than had you not taken Z-Biotics at all. So it's a great company. We love them. If you're interested, you can use the Mind Pump discount to actually get a discount off their products. So head over to zbiotics.com forward slash Mind Pump. That's Z-B-I-O-T-I-C-S.com forward slash Mind Pump. And then the code is Mind Pump 10. So Mind Pump 10. That'll give you 10% off all of their products. All right. So go check them out. Here comes the rest of the show. First question is from Ogdoku. What are your thoughts on doing only the big four with no other accessories? Have, have any of you guys actually just did that for a long period of time? I did it for... A I really mean, MAPS Powerlift is the closest thing to that. Yeah, right? and I, I did it for a relatively short... So here's the deal. There's good and then there's optimal. <clears throat> is this good enough to give you strength and general muscle? And, it, you know, yeah. Is it optimal? No, because with the big four, your squat, your deadlift... Your, you know, your bench press, press, overhead press. So it would be those, right? Yeah, and you're not rotating. You're not moving laterally. You're basically in one plane you know, with all those exercises. You're building your foundational base yeah. for strength, basically. Yeah. But you're not getting... You get a long ways, though, with that. You, you, you can. get a long you way far, you, you especially if we are talking about the the average client or Correct. someone who's extremely deconditioned. If you are not consistently training... And then all you did was the, the the four big lifts for a year. You would see tremendous results. Yeah, I think you'd tremendous be. Okay. I think you're okay if this is how you work out, and you're not a fitness fanatic, and you're not thinking about optimal results. Mm. You're fine. You're going to be okay doing this. It's better than any other four. Well, exercises. it's like the carnivore diet for training, right? So it's, <laughs> I'm just saying that's man. a bad example. You got your meat. You can live off of that. 
and it you know it'll sustain and give you the nutrients. No, that's a bad example. No, that's come it's on, not like the carnivore. No, no, it's way better. It's way better than that. This if you is, were on that the whole time, you're inevitably you're gonna hit a wall where like your joints are gonna talk to you. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but look at it more just like just like you know, like if you're not including fiber in your diet, and you're not getting the other values yeah. from all the other. Th- uh, anyways, it's somewhat of a. It'd good be like analysis. only so, eating four foods. Yeah, oh, yeah, but okay. maybe okay, not perfect. I'm, but, I'm gonna challenge that a little bit. Here's the thing. So uh, if you're very inconsistent with your training okay you let's say in a and i don't even know what the what the studies show around this like with the average person who does quote unquote work out consistently what how many days out of a year they actually work out but let's pretend you're the type of person that's falls in the category of only meeting 50 percent of that so you have mm-hmm. a lot of off and ons you do it really good for three weeks or so then you fall off for two weeks then you mm-hmm. get a streak for a month then you fall off for a month and then you go you know what i'm saying sure. which is probably the ebb and flow of the average person. Right? Would, right. You, would you not agree? Yep. If that person only when they lifted in those days, they actually the only thing they did different was they only focused on the four lifts. I would make the case that they would get the greatest bang for their buck. Now, you mean in comparison to doing in comparison, a bunch of other stuff? Yes, and compared to doing a bunch of other stuff, if you're just as inconsistent. Now, that's not saying that you're not missing out on important things like rotation and lateral movements and things mm-hmm. like that. That's a given. But if those four exercises give you the greatest return on your investment. And if you were inconsistent, but when you did work out, those were the only things you did, you would get the most return from that. Yeah, I, well, I, I love the simplicity of it. And mm-hmm. I think that we go away from that all the time and we come back to it uh, for that reason, because they're so effective. Uh, but yeah, so if I'm going to compare that to somebody that always mixes up with a gajillion different kind of cool exercises, like you're going to have way more value from yep. these four simple, impactful exercises every day of the week. It's just, you know, you got to put a little more thought into like the longevity of that. Yeah, yeah. All those four exercises require lots of strength, lots of stability, a decent amount of mobility. Here's what I like that for people who do other sports. Like I was just talking to my, uh, my brother-in-law and he was talking about how he's doing jujitsu three days a week and he's been trying to lift three or four days a week. And he's like, my body always hurts. I don't know. What's-. I'm like, dude, you're doing way too much. I said, you just got back into jujitsu. Just do one day a week of lifting and just do literally those four exercises. Yeah. Now, why is that okay for him? Because in jujitsu, he's doing all kinds of dynamic movements. He's moving all over the place. All he wants to do is add some strength. In that particular scenario, okay. that's a good option. It's also a good option for, I mean, let's be honest. The average person, forget the fitness fanatic, right? The average person, the most we could hope for in terms of long-term consistency, if we do a bang-up job and we do a really good job, is about two days a week of consistent work. And that's why I say this. In that case, I think it's perfectly fine that's, too. Because here's, there's been times when uh, I've been so inconsistent with my training that I take those four lifts and I divide it even over three or four days. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm just going in and I, that's all I do. I do yeah. five, six sets of overhead press for the day and I and I actually can leave the gym. And this is different. This is me older and wiser. Younger me would never do that. I wouldn't count that as a workout. But I know how in, how powerful and impactful those movements and how much benefits that you get from it that I may just do that on day. So I might be inconsistent. I'm not doing a full workout. I'm not getting the best bang for my buck as far as all the other movements I should be doing. But the bare minimum this week, I did all those four movements, yeah. at least five to eight sets of it. And mm-hmm. doing that alone will maintain a decent amount of muscle mass on me, a pretty good balance throughout my whole body. Yes, am I am I losing rotational strength? Yes, could I get, you know, chronic jo- joint pain if I'm always moving in that plane all the time? Absolutely, I'm not saying it's ideal, but when I think of the average person 
who does not work out consistently. And I, if I only could pick four movements, yeah, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. You're I fine. tend to. I mean, I've done this before, but mainly with like six to seven exercises. I keep it around. You know that is so like you add like dips in there. You add like you know weighted pull ups, uh, rows. You know bent over rows. Yep. If I added those, I tend to feel like I'm I'm a little more. I get more of a broad stroke of you know everything else I was trying to get. Yep, I agree. Yeah, you. But you that concept though of just well, a handful is, of like big major movements and just doing those and yep. maybe you throw like Turkish get up where you hit everything really well. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Add sure. that to the that add, as your add the fifth. function in there. Yeah, and so no, I. I think this is a really good place to start for a lot of people. Is there a lot of things better? Yeah, absolutely. Like, but I just I'm always thinking about the average person who who we who we train. And the reality of it is there's a lot of things they didn't do that would be ideal. And so if I only got them to do these things, you know, would I be winning? Oh, we would be way better oh, off. Yeah, you'd yeah. be way ahead of the game. Next question is from D Price Twenty Two. What bro science did you do in the past that still holds true today? You know, you know what's funny about bro science is that so bro science refers to like it's a bad name the, the rules of nutrition or training that were you know pushed by bodybuilders and lifters. It's called bro science because they're not scientists, but they'll they'll say things like don't eat carbs or don't eat anything after you know seven p.m. or stuff like that, right? Right. And the, the funny thing is that their explanations were often wrong. So they said, I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, bro science would say, don't eat food past 6 p.m. if you want to get lean. Now their explanation is, well, if you eat past 6 p.m. Insulin drops. Yeah, and, and you're not going to be active, so you can't burn it off. It'll get stored as body fat. And that's how they explained it, which is wrong. That's not how it works. However, does not eating past 6 p.m. tend to lead to fat loss in people? Yes, mm -hmm. Mainly because it's a behavioral uh, adaptation in the sense that right. not eating past 6 p.m. means I'm not going to eat my late night snacks. I'm not going to eat the foods that I tend to make bad decisions with. I'm probably cutting probably my get calories. Better sleep because uh, yeah. of digestion yes. and that kind of thing. Yes. So, bro science, it, oftentimes there's truth in the results, but it's not like here's another one like cardio first thing in the morning when you don't eat. Yeah, fasted cardio. Fasted cardio because it burns body fat rather than carbs or whatever. No, that's not why it works. Here's why it does work for a lot of people. It gets you up earlier and it gets you moving right away. And that tends to be extra activity on top of what you're normally used to. Well, that would be one that I can I would still use knowing that the the science has been debunked. Yeah. I just I wouldn't tell people that I'm doing fasted cardio because that the fasted cardio burns more fat than if I were to do cardio somewhere all the time of the yeah. day. It's that I know when I was doing fasted cardio for competing, I got up an hour earlier. I would have, and if I wasn't doing the fasted cardio, mm -hmm. I would be sleeping in my bed. And so getting up, and then not only that, but normally if I'm not doing the fasted cardio at six o'clock in the morning and I start my day, even when I'm up at seven and I start the rest, seven to noon is very sedentary. Mm -hmm. So that not only that, I actually get my heart rate. And what you'll notice, this is really neat if you've ever compared this long enough before. Is whenever I would get up, and you know, I know you know this because it's why part of why you probably love training it so early. Is I'm just more active and physical when I've started with uh, something physical that early. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Where I'm more lethargic and slow. It sets and the set, tone. It sets the tone for the day. Right. I've got energy. I've got a pump. I feel good. Yep, your focus I get up and down there. more. I move yeah. faster. I'm a little more fidgety and stuff like because I got that going early in the morning versus later on in the day. So it has benefits. Like that. It reminds me of like what we we'll talk about like uh, woo woo. 
science. You know, like when mm. you talk about chi and you you the yeah, way they that, explain it in a way that it's not that like their explanations are wrong, but that doesn't mean that the results are, are yeah, not there. It's right? like my because Katrina's family is very much so into like the massage therapy and and uh, Eastern medicine and like right. a lot of that woo woo stuff, and she still communicates like that. And I always kind of like chuckle. I'm like, that's not that's not how that works. It's not. And she's like, I I've, I've done this enough. And her argument is always, I've seen it enough times. I don't need to hear me tell her it's not. Yeah. It's like, well, it's not. I'm not disagreeing that it doesn't work. It's that the way you're explaining it isn't correct. But that doesn't mean I throw it out and I don't uh, apply it or mm -hmm. use it. Mm -hmm. It's just that they're, the way that we've explained it for so many years, and that's what bro science is. Bro yeah. science is there has been enough years of experience of these bros that have applied this, and they've seen hundreds of other of their bros. Okay, or and they've other, gotten results. And they've gotten incredible results from it. And, and then they do their best to explain it through science, and it doesn't come out very well. No. And then, then you have the nerds that love to shit all over they it. They shit on the explanation. Yes, they take they take apart every word they said, and then they go debunk it. And why I don't like that shit is because it's actually pretty good advice. Yeah. Yeah. Like the don't eat past six. Now you're deterring people from actually That's like right. achieving success. Or get up. You know what's really results. good for you? Get up and do some fasted cardio. Yeah. Or stop eating at yeah. six o'clock. You know, that's great fucking yeah, you advice. You know what's funny is they'll show studies and show fasted cardio versus unfasted cardio resulted in no additional fat loss because it's all controlled. Right. Yeah. But if you take a bunch of everyday people and you tell half of them to wake up and do cardio first thing, and then the other half, you can do cardio whenever you want, and then you follow them along, you would see better results with the fasted cardio, just because it's the first well, thing they did when and, they got up. Yeah, and I don't know if like the whole like drink a gallon of water is considered bro That's science, another great one. For me, uh, I just like the intention of every day I'm trying to focus on That's in, a great my example. water intake. Totally. And, you know, of course, like they'll, they'll promote it as, uh, I don't even know how the bodybuilders promote it. No, they it, promote it as you need a gallon of water a day. You yeah, just, like they have to achieve the that. kidneys out. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. something like that. Like they'll add in as like some crazy. Yeah. But you're right. But that's, inc that's, inc that's incredible advice. And yeah. what I have found is if you don't tell somebody some, you know, arbitrary number that they have to go they target drink too little, then they don't, they drink too little. Yeah. Here's so another, way, here, way under consume. Here's another one is, uh, the pre-workout, you know, take these supplements 30 minutes before you work out to give you a better workout. That's more effective. Now, besides caffeine, which actually has stimulants do have some benefit, not always, but some benefit for workouts. What about the whole like citrulline and amino acids and this and that? And I know studies will show there's this like nominal, difference or whatever, but it's really not something substantial. But why did I always recommend to my clients 30 minutes before that they do something or take something 30 minutes or 45 minutes before the workout? Why? Because it sets the tone. It was a 30, it's like preparing yourself mentally that, okay, in 30 minutes, mm -hmm. I'm going to, rather than like, oh my God, I got to work out right now. I got to get into this mental state. And so it's just this this mental component that makes a difference. That or the, yeah. how about the six small meals a day? That's yeah. something that's been shit all over also. If, if calories are all equated the same, then it, and the thermo, and they usually talk about the thermo effect and yeah, the difference that. effect of food and everything Yeah, else. that's bad science, but- I tell you what, even after I knew that science wasn't true, I still used to make clients portion out their meals in four to six meals a day because it taught them portion control. Yeah. And they had, and what it helped them with was they never got really, really hungry because every two hours though they were feeding. So they never mm -hmm. let their body get really hungry to where cravings started to kick in and then they made bad decisions. Mm -hmm. So it helped with be good behaviors. So the science was explained terrible with the whole four to six meals a day. Like you're right. But there's tremendous value in somebody portioning their meals out in small meals and eating them every two to three hours. And it's not because the science says it's better for burning fat or building muscle. You're it's building it, in discipline. It creates good behaviors and discipline. Mm -hmm.
Next question is from Maddie Stu. How to know when you're training too much for your goals? Yeah, um, well, the easiest way to know if you're doing too much is if you're not progressing. Now, of course, that could also mean you're doing too little. So you think, well, which one is it? If you're not progressing and you're sore and you're tired and you feel run down, you're doing uh, too much. Not progressing and also knowing that you're working hard oftentimes <clears throat> means sometimes you're also doing too much. Um, la uh, sleep disturbances is a big one for me. Like that one shows up pretty early. I notice I just, I, I'm restless in the middle of the night. I just, I wake up a bunch of times and then I realize like, I think I'm pushing myself a little too hard. Another one, and I used to notice with female clients, uh, often was, was that their inability to regulate their body temperature. Mm -hmm. So if they were training too hard, they would be either really cold or really hot or just have a poor tolerance to heat or to cold. And then I knew like, okay, we're probably overdoing it. But this is a this is something, especially if you're a fitness fanatic, start to become aware of this because fitness fanatics are far more likely to do too much than too little. Now the average person, other way around, they could use a little bit more work. Well I also think that the the ultimate goal, regardless if you have specific goals with your physique, is to get to this kind of intuitive place of training. And if you're always focused on an end goal or result, you'll never get there. You have to learn to enjoy the process and the journey and do it for other reasons than just, oh, I've got this race or I've got to do this show or I've got to lose 15% yeah. body fat and you're tracking and measuring. Then you lose out on the whole, the whole journey thing. And totally. I think that, and that's kind of how I'm reading this question right now because it's kind of mm -hmm. worded different, right? It's like, it's not like, how do you know when you're over training the body? It's more like, how do you know when you're training too much for your goals? Mm -hmm. Like when you're- I, like, I, like you should kind of step away from your goal and focus on something else to right. come back to your goal to, you know, progress you instead of just hammering this very specific target. Yeah, I, I think when you know you're training too much for your goals is when you have to have goals in order to go to the gym. Oh, yeah. If you have to have a goal that you, you're trying to go after, which, by the way, is, is t very normal advice that people give. Like, oh, you need to set goals and you need to have all this stuff like that. It's not a long-term approach, but yeah, it's a good it, short one. Yeah, and it's not, it's not bad. I'm not saying it's a bad idea, but if that's the only way that gets you to the gym is that you have to have this destination in mind that, oh, I have a competition or I, I have this race I'm going to do. That is not or, a long-term approach. No, yeah. or I have friends I'm competing with and we put all our money in the pot. Like, okay, maybe not a bad strategy to kickstart, but you don't want to stay there. At one point, you need to work out because it enhances all aspects of your life and you enjoy the process of doing That's it. That's how I judge it now. I judge it by the quality of my life in the present. Is my workout making my making me better on the podcast? Right. Is it making me feel more energized when I get home and hang out with my kids and my wife? Yeah, strong and able-bodied. Yeah, does my body feel good? Are my workouts super enjoyable? And then that's how I'll judge it. And if those things start to decline... In my case, it often means I'm doing too much because I'm more on the fitness fanatic side. Next question is from Hako Boo. What are some ways to deal with protein farts? You know what's funny is that <laughs> yeah. there's a name for it because it's so common. Is there a way to deal with this? Yes, and because okay. it's so the reason why what people story think, comes to mind right away when you when you hear protein. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> we already stole this. That time one. we were hanging around with <laughs> with, with, with the WWE because it was the most it was the worst I've ever in my life experienced, Bro, and I've been around protein farts. We were held hostage with that. It one. literally was a gremlin that came out and then it it grabbed you on your back and wouldn't leave. You couldn't leave. There's nowhere you could go. It was on you. So here's the deal. It's so common protein that farts. people think that this is a normal reaction from taking protein or eating protein. Like, oh, yeah. protein farts. Yeah, that's what happens when you have a lot of protein. No, that's what happens when your digestion is off. You should not... Now, farts are not supposed to be putrid. It's true. That is a sign 
that your digestion is a little off. Now, it doesn't mean your farts should smell amazing, but it doesn't mean that you yeah. fart and then your partner's like, I got to leave the room, or you're embarrassed because you pass gas and everybody is just like running out uh, of the room. If you have this issue, it's a digestive issue. So what I would say is examine your food or your protein powder. Do you know how many people take whey protein, get protein farts and think it's normal, not realizing they probably have an intolerance to whey and they probably should switch to something that's easier digested? Yeah. Some advice, look at the food that you're eating and maybe you're not digesting it well. That might be the issue and you could try where, an elimination. Where, at what point does, uh, like, at what point does farting become uh no longer like a natural like you would you would you would say that oh the, the the process of your body farting once or twice a day is pretty natural well it's more than that i think or, the average person i don't know how many times they fart yeah that's where i'm, I'm, where, I'm get, where i'm going 25. though with this is like at what point is it not natural anymore and it's your body trying to tell you you're probably consuming too much of something i think you're if not it becomes to. painful you have painful gas like oh my god i have to fart um and then the really bad smelling ones is telling you that there's something off with your gut or the foods that you're eating that you're not yeah. digesting well. Because, well, I mean, you can still get that from something like broccoli. I mean, like, I know for <laughs> some clients and myself. Sulfur, even, right? Yeah, it's just, I don't know if it's that because there's, like, some of the methane production of that. Isn't it high sulfur diets will do sulfur, that, too? They for can. Sure, but however, try this. I used to get clients that would say that, too, with tear broccoli. me up. They, they used to say the same thing, and I'd say, try cooking your broccoli really well. Yeah, it's probably and see that. see if that happens again, mm -hmm. and it doesn't. Yeah, it's because broccoli can, for some people, be hard to digest, especially if it's raw or barely steamed. Just cook it more and then see what happens. Yeah, change your diet up. I used to think this was normal. Oh, I'm eating a high protein diet. That's why I'm having these terrible, you know, farts or whatever. Yeah. No, it's not the case. Digestive enzymes can can help. So we work with a company called Masszymes that makes digestive enzymes that can help. But mainly, it's you're probably consuming something in your diet that's not working with your digestion or you're not getting enough of fiber or maybe you're eating too much fiber that can also be a problem there's too much dairy for me when it was for me. Really? i can i can tolerate a certain amount of dairy in my diet but when i when i was like lots of dairy that's when i experienced that and if like if i had let's say the same amount of protein a day let's say that the protein target was 200 grams and i went on a on a on a kick where i was consistently eating 200 grams all from meat and whole foods no problems. Mm -hmm. If I, in order to hit 200 grams, I was having one or two protein bars oh. and a whey shake in there and maybe milk mm -hmm. or ice cream or something else or cheese in the diet, that would, that would fuck me up. I mean, also, I mean, do we consider as well that it's liquid and you're drinking it and you're also ingesting more air as it's going down and you're also consuming more oh, calories than normal. Yeah. But, but that That's would be, an interesting that theory. would make you fart more, but that doesn't necessarily right. make your farts smell terrible. Right. In terms of the smell of it. But, and do yeah. you really I think, think your own the, farts smell terrible? I don't think you do. That your own fart? I can tell when mine You like your own up. farts. I what? mean, he does. Everybody he, likes he their he own farts. Us That's, that's, is that true? You know, do you always smell your fart? If it's if it's smelly, I do. You smell it no matter what. What? <laughs> Don't lie to the audience right no, now. Dude. Everybody likes to smell their own farts. That's, that's my a, brand. That's first of all, that's a saying. I don't think it's. Literal. That's true. It's not true. <laughs> that's true. I have never smelled my fart and thought to myself like, mm, "That's a." It's definitely nice. you don't like, stop worse you, when it's somebody else. You're forty something years old, and you you have smelt a lot of your own farts. If right. you were to fart right now, you would smell it. 
If it's smelly, I would, but it doesn't mean no, I no, like no. it. What do you mean? If it's you, the only way you know it's smelly is because you okay, smell it right. every time. So if I smell it, I'm not sitting here thinking that's great. I'm thinking <laughs> I can't get away from it. It's attached to me. Do you, do you take? Do you believe this? I don't believe this. I think he. I believe so he far. does this. That is the is worst. <laughs> that is so not true. Yes. That is the this most disgusting. So you flexing the mirror. Yeah. Oh wow! Look at that. Yeah. 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 And mixing it in with flexing. <laughs> what kind of a weirdo? <laughs> you imagine uh, you walk in on your buddy. Be a new trend. He's just like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's me. That's you know what? Me. I I bet you that exists somewhere. There's I'm probably sure a weird a fetish genre for yeah. that. Remember that video, cake farts? Anyway, don't look it up. Yeah. That was a thing on the internet for a second. Yeah. Look, if you like our content, head over to mindpumpfree.com. Check out all of our free guides. You can also find all of us on Instagram. So Justin is at Mind Pump Justin. I'm at Mind Pump Sal, and Adam is at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs> <laughs>